When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. This is Making Waves at Sea Level, the podcast for those who shake things up in business and are focused on growth and success. This episode is produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. The ATC is a 30-year-old association that is focused on promoting and facilitating the growth of technology companies in Central Texas. Over the past three decades, the business ecosystem in Austin has changed drastically, and ATC is actively changing too. Learn more at austintechnologycouncil.org. My name is Tom Singer, and I have hosted this podcast for eight years and over 735 episodes. I am also the new CEO at the Austin Technology Council. And while this podcast is not always focused directly on what's going on in Central Texas, in the coming months, we're going to be interviewing leaders from the Austin Technology community and members of the Austin Technology Council so that we can talk about what's going on in this region and how it impacts everybody around the world. And today, I am happy to welcome to the show two guests. I have Ray Wolf, who is COO, and Brian Tucker, who is the Chief Digital Officer from Televero Health. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're glad to have you. For those of you who don't know Televero Health, they are changing the game in behavioral health, providing better access and care to people in need. Their initial appointment only takes about seven days for people to get to talk to a provider, where the average can be anywhere from three weeks to three months, which really is no care at all. And they have streamlined this. So, guys, welcome to the show. Let's start off. Tell me about Televero Health and, and how you do it all. Well, Tom, we started out actually as a pure technology play, looking forward to taking advantage of the telehealth market. And that was really slow to develop. And then we started adding services to the telehealth software that we had uh, with an initial customer in Laredo. Uh, Laredo's last psychiatrist left about four years ago people had to make a trek into San Antonio to get care and nobody made the trek. So we ended up with a contract in behavioral health. And then from there, we started to learn about the, how the market was growing, what the needs were. And then just before the pandemic, we pivoted and we focused exclusively on delivering behavioral health services via remote, our own via remote platform. Um, and then do, starting out with central Texas. So, What's a little unique with us, Tom, is that we uh, receive our, our patients through the PCPs. So they refer their patients that have moderate and acute care to us. We're able to get them into an appointment really quick, see them, uh, and then work with them. And when we're done, we discharge them back to the PCP for continued care. So it's a great partnership. And 
a lot of people look at this as an integrated care model between the physical and the behavioral side. So even though you're fully online with the care that you do, you're regionally based. So you're growing based on the region. So as of right now, people from New York and other places aren't aren't yet able to access. How is that working? Yeah, so right now we're focused on Texas. We have, There is a licensure uh, requirement. So our providers are licensed in Texas. Therefore, the people that we, we take care of can only be in Texas. Now, a number of things going on in Congress, and there's some bills that might allow that to open up. Uh, And I will tell you that we're optimistic about it. But right now, uh, some changes that have been made permanent since the pandemic have helped us out financially, as well as being able to provide greater access. So it's interesting that you, you know, focused on purely remote behavioral health before the pandemic hit. I would imagine that even with being focused on Texas during that time, I mean, everything that I've read says that, you know, the the need for uh, mental health care and behavioral health care, you know, soared during that time. So I would imagine that while a lot of businesses were buckling down, tightening their belts, you were booming during the pandemic. Yes. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we're growing as fast as we can onboard providers, get them into our protocols and ensure quality care with positive outcomes. So we're growing right now, Tom, about 20% month over month. Last month, we treated 1,200 patients online completely, uh, and we'll be looking to add another couple hundred uh, this coming month. Uh, Exiting 2022, excuse me, we will have seen about 2,000 patients in December. And then if I look forward to 2023, uh, once we close this round of funding, we expect to to be exiting with somewhere between six and 8,000 patients per month in 2023, December that is. So it's interesting because when you see a company that's, you know, a behavioral health provider, your first thought isn't, oh, there's a technology company. And when I saw that you had joined the Austin Technology Council, I'm like, you know, we have a lot of people who support our community. But I didn't realize just taking a look at Televower Health from the outside that you really were a a pure technology company at, at your core. So, Brian, since you're the digital officer, let's talk a little bit about that. What is uh, how did you get started? What's the technology piece that makes you a technology company first? Well, there's a lot of things. Obviously, the telehealth platform just in and of itself with the video meeting is 100% digital, right? So one of the things that we're doing is we're delivering uh, office-like services in a consumer-like experience. And what I mean by that is, you know, people are used to just picking up their phone and getting, you know, on Zoom or Teams or, you know, whatever it might be. And we are delivering that very same consumer-like experience in a lot of cases where the technology hasn't caught up yet so that patients can have their appointments anytime, anywhere, uh, and we have a whole list of providers that they can work with. And there's several other things we do to make that experience just as effortless as possible. And the reason that we do that is because a lot of these people are already struggling uh, inside, uh, visibly, and sometimes not visibly. Uh, So, to get them to come to their first appointment oftentimes can be really challenging for themselves. And so we want to try to remove every single barrier and make it easy and accessible to them as possible so they can get the care that they need. So why go all proprietary for this? Why not use Zoom or some other other thing that's out there? Why, why devise your own technology in order to put the patient together with the doctor? Well, we, we actually uh, are starting to move towards a more vendor agnostic. One of the things, obviously, is we have to comply with all of the HIPAA rules and regulations and security. Uh, 
but we are actually making some moves where we're looking at various bits and pieces of technology and actually combining those sort of in a hybrid solution to try to give these folks the best in breed uh, access and technology that they can uh, possibly get, uh, even though it may not all be in one package. So it's interesting to me because about three or four episodes back, I interviewed another Austin Technology Council member who is a Chinese food company that is fully remote. They don't have an actual restaurant. You can either pick it up at their kitchen or it can be delivered to you. And again, everything was built from scratch from pure, you know, proprietary technology. And so it's interesting in today's world when we think of technology companies, really all companies can be and probably should be technology companies. So what is it that sets you all apart from other people in this world of behavioral health and, and telemedicine? So, so Tom, let me just jump in on that a second. So I think the orientation and the mindset comes uh, by first degree and first 25 years of my career, I was an aerospace engineer. So we think in systems, we think in experience, we think about orchestration and removing friction. So the only thing traditional about what we do here is we're evidence-based we use licensed clinicians to deliver the care. Everything else about the company has been built up and reconceived around three experiences. What is the, what is the referring physician experience? What's going to make it easy for them to just refer someone to us? How do we become the go-to organization without a contract? And Tom, by the way, I'll say that again, is we don't have contracts. We renew our franchise every day by providing great service to the PCPs. Then we look at the patient experience and we have people who are, uh, you know, they're dealing with their own challenges and you need to make access that much easier because every bit of friction is a reason not to get care. And then on the other side, our providers, we have, we're in a market right now where there's more demand for behavioral health clinicians who are licensed and practice evidence-based medicine. Uh, and we have to make sure there's a supply. So how do you attract and retain those people? So we had to reconceive that, and a lot of it is around streamlining the way we do business, eliminating administrative steps, just doing business the way they want to. And Brian mentioned that on the consumer side is, you know, everybody's dealing on the mobile device. So it's, I want to do business the way I want. I don't want the noise, right? Let me get right to the patient care um, and do the things that I need to do. Uh, Brian, why don't you share an example of one of the, the fundamental things in healthcare that we just totally tore down and built back up? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you first go into a traditional uh, brick and mortar doctor's office, right? The first thing that they hand you is the clipboard with the stack of papers, <laughs> right? You got you to gotta fill out all the forms in triplicate, you know, sign all the consents, you know, provide your uh, documentation, your, uh, you know, insurance card and all that. Uh you know, and then you also have what I would call the um, the next step, which is doing this online. And the problem with a lot of practices is they're still stuck in, you know, having patients fax in their information. Uh, you know, that just doesn't work for, uh, you know, in modern times. So what we actually did was we took that entire experience, regardless of how it was being delivered today, and moved that to a online secure system where folks can do that in less than two minutes, right from their mobile phone. Uh, you know, they can take pictures of whatever they need, their IDs and, you know, documentation. They can upload that, push a button. We get it on our end, and that just really accelerates the scheduling process for them. On top of that, we feed all that information uh, into 
uh, a data system for for you know whoever we work with, and that eliminates all of the work that's required back on the clinical end because when you come in with all these fax forms and everything, everything has to be data entry, and so we basically eliminate that entire piece of administrative burden for the practices. So it it basically just flows through into their system and it's ready to go with the patient and they're ready to schedule their first appointment right there. Nice. So what else have you sort of flipped around? You had said to me before we got started that compared to other companies you've been with, that the the way you deal with sales and marketing is very different for this startup than in past startups. So so what else have you flipped around in this business? Yeah, one, one I'll point out, and let's talk about revenue cycle management. So two things going on here, Tom, is one, we take insurance. That is not common. Only 10% of the psychiatrists and counselors in Texas take insurance. Everybody else's cash pay. And there's a reason for it because the payers don't make it easy. Well, people want to use their insurance benefits. And if you don't allow them, they're not going to come. So we set that up. We streamlined everything from the intake. But we also improved the revenue cycle down to days for us. So once you see a clinician, they type up a note with the care plan and they close out their note. The moment they close out their note, a bill is automatically sent within seconds over to the payers and gets into the payer system. We cut down the cycle time on getting reimbursed through insurers in half by just using a little bit of technology and using the note closure as the trigger as opposed to going through multiple manual steps. So that was one. Wait, I have, I, so I have a question on this. So are the insurance companies contracting with you and then you're contracting with providers or is this still, you have to have providers who are contracted with the insurance companies? They contract with us and the, the payers are contracted with us and the providers are contracted with us. So, so we're, we're essentially as a company, we're assuming all the financial responsibility. So some of the the, uh, the practitioners, some of the, the, the behavioral health doctors necessarily don't have individual agreements with all of the thing. You were saying 90% of them are cash and pay and don't work with insurance companies. Some of those providers then can work through you and still get paid. Is that what I heard? They do. Absolutely. Wow. You know, part of our secret sauce, Tom, here is we just went to the market and we said, how do you want to work? So we have two types of providers. We have those that want to work full time for us. And then we have other people who want to work around their life and working around their life might mean I only want to work 15 hours a week. I want to work 20 or I only want to work on Saturdays or evenings from four to eight. So we allow that flexibility. We also have people who like to moonlight and make a little extra money. So minimum time is, you know, about 10 hours a week, which is great for us. They come in professional. We set up a financial model that is attractive And then we did something that no one expected. We invested in the individuals, whether you work for us eight hours a week or 40 hours a week. Our medical director is the ex-assistant dean of behavioral health from Dell Medical School, Dr. Feinstein. So what we do is we train these people. We're improving. They get direct supervision and they're learning. So they want to be part of this organization. uh, And it's been great. 90 plus percent of our new providers come from referrals from our existing providers. Nice. So it's, been, it's been a terrific model. So I cut you off. You had said that was the first thing and you were going on to another model that uh, you had flipped. You know, I, I got to tell you something we're really excited about and it, it's it's an opportunity and it's a responsibility. I think if you see what's going on in the news in the world today, you know, in our communities and 
and uh, no matter where what position you take on uh, on uh, the the story out there, everyone's looking to make safer communities. Well, we're on the front lines here with our assessments, tools, and access to behavioral health to screen individuals, those that might potentially commit suicide, those that might actually commit homicide. We have an entire triage process where those individuals that come through and they're at an elevated level, we work them first. We see if we get them stabilized. And, you know, if need be, we've had circumstances where we've had to go call the authorities and getting them involved. But that, in turn, is actually improving the, the safety of our community. So we're pretty proud of that work as well. Nice. And it sounds like you have you have no problem uh, finding both referring physicians and practitioners and clientele to work with you. It sounds like like all three are lining up to to help you grow. Absolutely. We uh, just recently, by the way, Tom, as we turned, um, we now have a a joint offering going uh, working with employers. So, you know, if you think about it, one of our largest clients, AR Austin Regional Clinic, they have a telehealth uh, organization called Norman MD. Mm-hmm. We are now partnered with Norman MD. They provide the, the physical health aspect of it to via tele, you know, in an urgent matter. And then we provide the behavioral health side of it. So w- together we bring an entire package to employers who are concerned about well-being, want to make sure that their employers are covered. Uh, and Tom, for as little as $5 per per employee per month, they can get complete behavioral health care where we're able to do screening for them and their families and then offer uh, services to them for the ones that are most in need. So this is this is fascinating. I've got a couple of more questions for you about about the company, and then I want to get some some advice from you because you've been down this entrepreneurial path a, a few times. But first, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. And this episode, like all of my episodes since I started the show, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like the team at Televero Health. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Ray and Brian, you know, this isn't your first entry into this startup world. And while we think of startups, we often think think of a bunch of 21-year-old people, you know, living in their parents' basement, basement, working, you know, all night, drinking coffee. You guys aren't necessarily all that young, and you've been down this, this path of startups a couple of times. So what advice do you have, having done this before and having all the success that you're having right now, what advice do you have for people who want to go down this entrepreneurial path and start something that's going to make waves? Ryan, why don't you uh, start off with uh, some of your your key guidance, and then I'll pile on. You know, I would just say that you've kind of got to cut ties with the corporate world because we spent a lot of years working in the corporate structure, big corporate structures, delivering to corporate structures, et cetera. Uh, When you move out of that and you get into this type of environment, uh, you have to kind of change your mindset a little bit. Uh, you're going to see things right out of the gate. They're going to frustrate you because you look at them and you say, these are like common sense things to us. But to the average person that's doing this, 
maybe in some of these other organizations or in startups, they're not necessarily aware of some of the uh, bigger picture or more mature uh, methodologies. So, uh, you know, I would say, depending on where you're at in your career and what it is that you want to do, uh, you know, you could you could really learn a lot, even when you think you probably have learned as much as you already need to, right? So, yeah, Tom, I'll pile on it, and I'll just say that, you know, if I think about the the number one responsibility that I have, and the thing you bring to the table, is in a startup. Everything needs maturing. A lot of things are broken and you need to focus yourself and the organization on the critical few things that you need to get done. Listen, you can close your eyes and throw a dart and you will hit something in our own company right now that needs to improve and mature. And we're okay with that. You got to get okay with it because as you look around, you can't mature. You don't have the, you don't have the capital. You don't have the people, the resources, and sometimes the skills that go there. So that's number one. The second thing is you need a new vocabulary there. You need to be willing to experiment and figure out what can be good enough and what needs to be exceptional. Now, we started the podcast out talking a little bit around using commercial off-the-shelf technology and proprietary. We looked at it and said, what is it that we need to be good as good as the market and what do we need to be better? In the areas where as good as the market, you know what, we're going to license it. We're going to incorporate and integrate it where we need to be better. That's where we built our own code and we built our own technology. And we're going to be very selective in doing that. So, you know, we expect probably about one third proprietary and two thirds commercial off the shelf. Uh, And then the other thing I think is you, you run a company, you need to be thinking about the people on your team. Not everybody has been on the journey before. A lot of new people. We have that here in Televero. And while we're comfortable with the uncertainty going forward and the ambiguity and the pivots that you need to make, you know, you need to realize that you're pulling some other people along and you need to take time to make sure that they're on the bus, they're contributing and have their fingerprints on the plan. Um, And I, I think lastly, Tom, one of the things that I think about is when I start a company, if I'm not prepared to do this for three years, don't get started. If you could do this for three years, pivot, read the market, take in data, uh, and, and develop a, a number of marquee customers, uh, you will be successful. But if you fail to do those few things um, and you're not prepared to do that, then it's probably best not to start. So my final question is about Austin. So, so Brian, you're not local here, so I'm going to go to Ray with this one. You know, Ray, you've seen a lot of changes, you know, over a couple of decades in the Austin technology community. Uh, why is Austin a great place to grow a company? And why, as a small startup, are you supportive of the Austin Technology Council and, and other ways that Austin is involved in, in looking to the future? Two things come to mind in Austin, and I really feel like it's uniquely Austin, is one, accessibility or access to people who have been successful. There is not a person in town who will not take a meeting with you and share all their secrets about how they started their company. Right. As a matter of fact, that they're really proud to go tell you. So if, if you want access to knowledge about how other successful people and you're not shy about borrowing, then this is a great place. The other thing here in, in Austin is the people who live here don't know they can't. So when we start to change the experiences of the way things have been done before, I mean, Austin just has that natural inclination to say, hey, maybe it hasn't been done, but I think we can do it. We don't know we can't. 
So let's go and try it. And, and I, I think that's something that's just been here. Uh, I'm going to give the Texans a lot of uh, credit for uh, developing that many years ago. So why are you supportive of ATC and other organizations that, that, that help Austin keep moving forward? Well, in complete transparency, um, ATC has been my go-to organization for about 17 years now. And uh, I recommend to people who come to town, new entrepreneurs and CEOs, particularly those from California, this is one place to be. One, they give you the access. Listen, their events, you get to mingle with people in, who just started, people who are you know, starting to push a couple hundred million dollars. It's great. Uh, the second thing is they can provide you access to other resources so that you don't have to go struggle and find it through the community. So it's been a great place. And the other is just culturally. Um, you know, it's one of those places where you can come yourself, be yourself, ask questions. Uh, this is, you don't put on airs about, you know, who's driving what car or what you're doing. You're put on pants one leg at a time. Uh, you raise your hand and people are willing to help you. Yeah. Nice. Well, I hope we'll see you at the Austin Technology Council's CEO Summit on October 17th. I hope that you'll be you'll be one of the CEO, one of the C-level execs that are joining us in the crowd. Listen, I'm already signed up. It's on the calendar. <laughs> awesome. That's what we like to hear. Well, Ray and Brian, thank you so much for joining me here on Making Waves at Sea level If people are interested in finding out more about Televero Health, because it sounds like there's a lot of reasons why people should know, how do they find you? It's just, uh, you know, just go to our website. It's uh, televerohealth.com, one word. There's a place to get started. And if you care to do a free psychological assessment and get a comprehensive report, it's on there as well. So you don't need to become a patient of ours to get value out of visiting our website. Nice. Well, again, go check them out at televerohealth.com. And thank you so much to everybody who tuned in and listened to this podcast. Look, please go and subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast joy. And go out there and make waves in your own in your own business the way that Ray and Brian are doing in theirs. And have some fun along the way because this whole journey of business and technology and entrepreneurship, there should be some element of fun. But while you're out there, make sure that you find a way to positively impact the people you encounter today, tomorrow, and on into the future. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.